to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me live, hopefully, I have no clue what's going on <laughs> with Avery at Brave Grapes. I'm get here. off Discord is your issue. You need to get off the Discord. I'm not on Discord. It's not letting me because... Um, <laughs> Wait, am I on Discord? Yeah, I you are. You need to quit mic. the Discord. Anyway, that's okay. Avery. She's going to get on video <laughs> at some point. Uh, and also, we have Greg at Bananamorphs. I'm I'm just so sad all the time. It's it's uh, We are not here for happy reasons. Okay. And then also for the last time, for one of the last times, <laughs> Reed changed his at, apparently. It's at Pac10Reed now, which great timing buddy here we are we are here to talk about some brutal news the death of the pac-12 um the pac-12 is functionally and definitively dead uh as oregon and washington leave the conference to join the big 10 starting in 2024 uh they are now officially the fourth and fifth schools to lead the conference since last summer and more are definitely certainly to come uh, namely Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona. Uh, we had a whirlwind of a late night, early morning. Um, at first, it sort of seemed like UW and Oregon uh, were going to turn down the Big Ten offer um, due to some travel costs uh, and and the sort of low-ish Big Ten offer. The Pac-12 presidents met to talk about signing a grant of right and agreeing to the Pac-12 TV deal uh, from Apple TV. That all happened at about 7 a.m. Pacific. Then an hour or so later, uh, reports came out that Oregon and UW were fully engaged with the Big Ten, and eventually the schools in the Big Ten came to a uh, resolution. Uh, this sucks. I think I speak for all of us here when I say that. It sucks as fans of the Pac-12, obviously, that this league is dying. But I think the worst part about this is the the greed of corporate media executives at Fox, at ESPN, NBC, and on and on and on, and how that greed has turned into the mining and exploitation of big brands to turn this sport into something completely different and way worse than what it, what it always was. Um, and I think the worst part of these moves is that we're all about that they're all about lining the pockets of shareholders at these media corporations um, and ensuring that those people's pockets were made to be a priority over what was good for the schools, over what was good for the players, over what was good for the fans. Um, and I think what's especially painful uh, about this is just how many fans of these schools, of Oregon, of Washington, of UCLA, of USC, how many of those fans are celebrating once again as has happened time and time again in this country, not just in football, but in every aspect of our society, uh, the most powerful and the most wealthy people have successfully convinced everyone, including normal people like yourself who are tuning in right now, that the things that line the po- the, the po- their pockets, the wealthy people's pockets, the people in power, whatever lines their pockets are what's best for normal people. Uh, the ultra-wealthy have, again successfully convinced everyone that if folks don't fall in line, they will die. Uh, And so as a result, the Pac-12 is dead. And so is college football as we know it. So let's start there. Uh, Let's get your reactions. Uh, Reed, Reed, you're an Oregon fan. Obviously, you uh, have very close ties to Oregon. Um, What were your initial reactions to the events that unfolded this morning and ultimately uh, Oregon leaving for the Big Ten? Yeah, I think, I mean, my main thing is I... You know, I'm obviously have probably the most duck fans uh, on my Twitter, you know, timeline right now. And I wish that I could be one of the people that was excited about this. You know, it would be nice to 
to be able to feel that. But I just don't think that should be where our focus is right now. We're losing something like fundamental to our enjoyment of the sport and it's never coming back. Like the West coast will never have this representation as a league again. Um, and yeah, it, th- there's no way to reverse this decision. So that's where my focus is. And I, I'm just like, so sad to lose that part of it. What about you, Avery? What were your initial reactions when you were seeing, first of all, the flurry of news coming out that maybe the Pac-12 might survive or maybe the Pac-10 might survive uh, to ultimately the Big Ten uh, swallowing up Oregon and Washington and effectively killing the Pac-12? I'm not an early bird, so like I was not awake during the initial shit until... um, I got a bunch of text messages about it. And of course, that's like a great thing to wake up to after what happened yesterday. Like it felt like we were in 24 hours of doom and waking up and being like, oh, okay, we probably freaked out over nothing. And it changed so fucking quickly. It went from like, oh, thank God my league isn't dying to all right. Well, I definitely cried a lot and I'm a pretty emotional person, but I think that was warranted. Like Reed said, like, there's not going to be anything like the Pac-12 probably for a long time at least. It's really sad. It's really upsetting. And I understand why Oregon and Washington fans might be excited because they're looking at what Oregon State and Wazoo fans are experiencing and probably saying, well, thank God that's not Uh us, right? But at the same time, it's like, (sighs) I don't want to watch fucking Nebraska and Iowa play, so... You know what? It's, it's yeah. fine. Greg, what about you? Initial reactions to how everything unfolded this morning and then eventually Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, this morning, I got excited when I saw the stuff because it was like, ah, you know, a stay of execution. You know, we'll, we'll have another few years before the Pac-12 mm. dies. Uh, looking back on it, though, I'm kind of just glad it's happening now. I'm glad it's happening all at once. Uh, it was inevitable, since USC and UCLA left. So from that perspective, I'm kind of glad that the last year of the Pac-12 is going to have, you know, it's going to include USC and UCLA because I don't really want to see the zombified version of it for a couple years before it dies. The bigger picture, though, of the Pac-12 dying in general is just, it makes me so sad. So, so sad. Uh, It feels like this massive part of my childhood of just like the way I've consumed college football for as long as I can remember uh, is dying, and that that makes me that makes me very sad. It makes me think I don't know how to engage with the sport anymore. I'm not sure what my uh, college football consuming experience will be like in five years. If I'll watch, how much I'll watch, how much I'll care, how much I'll enjoy it. Uh, like part of me, I feel like I can't let go, you know, I'll always watch it in some way. Cause I'm a sicko. Uh, I don't know how to let go. I'm an addict, but at the same time, part of me wishes that I could just like cut it out of my life so that my memories of it would always be what it was at its best. You know, uh, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm quite torn up about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think we're failing to, I, I, not we on this podcast, but I think we in the discourse and people who will follow this conference are failing to also recognize that this was one of the most stable institutions in college football 
for a century. Um, the Big Ten has gone through a ton of changes over the past over its lifetime. It's gone. It's it's undergone several editions. The conference is way different than what it was 15, 20 years ago. Somewhat true for SEC. I think the SEC is another one of those stable institutions. The ACC has obviously undergone some quite quite the transformation. Um, the Big Twelve has obviously undergone quite the transformation over the past fifteen years. The Pac twelve, the most transformation, the most change it's experienced is adding Utah and Colorado. But for the most part, UCLA and USC and Stanford and Cal and Oregon and Washington. Um, have stuck together. And then you add obviously Arizona and Arizona state to that. Um, and they've been part of this conference for 50 years. Um, it's just, it's a cultural institution. The PAC 12 is West coast college football. 10, 15 years ago, people were sort of talking about the PAC 12 is like, I don't know, right there with the big 10 and the sec. Um, and over time, our perception of the Pac-12 has changed as the financial situation has changed. So um, it's it's a it's a bummer. I, I think it's going to be really hard to engage like college football because I think, Greg, to your point, the relationships that these schools have built, but also the fan bases have built, right? Like it's not just Oregon and Oregon State, a rivalry that is getting fractured as a result of this and is a casualty of uh corporate greed but it's also like oregon and washington having historical challenges in the desert like that was a not an insignificant part of their stories that washington just could not figure that shit out in tempe that oregon just could not figure that shit out uh sometimes in the desert uh it's things like ucla and arizona state having had many battles in college football over the past years. It's UCLA and Arizona and basketball, right? Like things that are just not the central sort of rivalries that we consider to be the fabric of this conference, but are still central to this conference and its story, I think are the things that we're going to be missing. So I don't know. Uh, I think it's, I think it's really tough to watch it die the way it is and watch those connections fracture. And maybe some of them will be salvaged, right? Maybe Cal and Stanford will go to the big 10 eventually and we get a pack six. Um, and you know, the four corners are over there in the big 12 and then you got to figure out what to do with Washington state and Oregon state. Who knows what the hell is happening to them? So, um, anyway, any other thoughts about any other instant reactions, things that you're feeling about the way this is all unfolded? I feel like there's a there's so many different angles to take this at. Reed, you look like you, you're gearing up to say something. Yeah, it's just still so different. Even if you go to, you know, even if you get Stanford and Cal into the Big Ten, it's it's not the same. It's not even just a lesser version. It's like, you know, for however many decades we've said the best team from the West coast gets to play in the Rose bowl. That's what our entire seasons and entire falls were geared around was choosing who gets to be that team. You know, that changed a little bit with the playoff, but it was still out there in some sense. Like that felt like a lesser version. This feels like a departure entirely. We could go years without any sort of, any sort of representation for the top teams on the West coast in whatever form of higher tier postseason play there is. Um, we, we don't have a guarantee guaranteed seat anymore at that table. Right. 
it's uh, <laughs> not even sure that the Pac-12 is going to be a, around here to, to have a seat. I think this is an interesting point here. I'm pulling up a, a comment from Patrick Gigstad here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Feel free to leave your comments mm. below as we talk. He brought this up. Uh, our homie Bryce Hendricks um, on Twitter brought this up. Uh, Patrick says, my least favorite thing is that the is that overall the Pac-12 was the strongest women's athletic conference by far, and it's bringing and being broken up for football. Bryce, our homie Bryce mentioned non-revenue sports will suffer, and not only will they suffer, but uh, the expenses that will res- that will that you'll need to <laughs> the money that you will need in order to sustain these non-revenue sports for the travel, like the cross-country travel that will result, might kill them. Uh, it might end up giving these institutions cover to kill those sports. I think that's fucked up. I don't know. Did you all, do y'all have any reactions to this? I feel like it's just like such an under discussed and because football is always driving these conversations, but it just feels so under discussed to me. Does anyone have any thoughts about this? Yeah. No, go, you yeah. go. go ahead. Go ahead, Avery. I, I, I really liked what Bryce said because it's so true. And it's something that like, wasn't my immediate reaction. I feel like when the news came out, I was like, damn, this fucking sucks. Like my football conference is dead, but obviously the PAC 12 is so much more than that. And anyone that spends like any amount of time around or supporting these institutions knows that they look for any opportunity to cut non-revenue sports, especially women's sports. And this is just like a huge fucking blow. Like I know everybody makes fun of the Pac-12 because the league's motto is a conference of champions, but outside of football and even sometimes basketball, like it is the conference of champions, especially for women's athletics and like all, all of those athletes, I just feel so fucking horrible for because it's, they're not going to want to pay for cross country travel. And these are some of the schools that are going to the big 10 have like some of the best women's programs in the country across like most sports. So it's just fucking awful. Yeah. Something that I, I feel like I've been thinking about a lot since, you know, it seems like the pack since it seemed like the pack 12 was inevitably going to die is the way that realignment doesn't only affect us as sports fans it's going to like it's going to be terrible for these athletes of course that goes without saying the amount of travel they're going to have to go through for this is just going to make their experience so much worse but i think it also and i've been thinking about this as someone who's doing undergrad right now and is planning on doing graduate school uh i really think it affects the way i don't know the idea of a college experience like the idea of a college experience just feels like it was so much more romantic like 10 years ago even than it will be now uh just these general ideas we've had about college athletes about what it means to be in college what it means to go to these games and have these rivalries uh it just feels like the meaning is just being siphoned away and taking so much of what makes being in college fun uh just sucking sucking it out of it in the name of profit which is just it's so depressing. There's just no good way to look at it. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And you know, again, we know football drives these conversations. We're not we're not ignorant to that. Um, and certainly, I think non revenue sports gets held as a crutch. Um, I should use a different word. It gets it gets leaned on. I think it's made to be an excuse um, when people don't actually care about it. But like, you know, of course we, we may not always watch these things, but 
it's like vital to the institution and bringing people around vital to at least athletics programs. Um, and so for that, for that to just get thrown by the wayside, um, it's, it's frustrating. It's sad. Um, let's move on to talk about Oregon state and Washington state. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what happens with ASU and Utah. I know a couple of, uh, folks have, uh, sort of talked about that, but Oregon state and Washington state, I think they're the ones definitively who get hosed in this situation. Uh, Brett McMurphy just tweeted out a statement from Washington state from the president and the athletics director. It says, quote, we are disappointed with the recent decisions by some of our PAC 12 peers. While we had hoped that our membership would remain together, this outcome was always a possibility and been working diligently to determine what is next for Washington State Athletics. We've prepared for numerous scenarios, including our current situation. With exceptional student-athletes, a strong Cougar tradition, and incredible support from our fans, donors, and alumni, we will chart the best path forward together. Clearly, it was sort of a situation where Wazoo was like, they knew that this was, and, and you know, because they're not morons, um, and we're not morons, I don't think, I'm kind of a moron. We knew that this was possible, that uh, that Wazoo and Oregon State were going to get left behind. I'm going to kick it over to Reed. <laughs> what does this mean for Oregon State and Washington State? I have no idea. Um, I really don't know. I mean, obviously, it depends on the dominoes we expect to fall with the four corner schools falling. Um, and then it's a question of what what happens with Cal and Stanford. Uh, I don't really, I think there's probably a Mountain West pack for merger or whatever that looks like. I mean, you can't really absorb those schools if you have to buy them all out from the Mountain West, right? So I, I don't really know what the path forward is. I mean, uh, the revenues go down substantially. They go down from making 20 mil in a media deal to they're going to make five mil in a media deal, uh, maybe, and they're going to exist, you know, like a group of five program from now on, except, you know, probably in downsizing going to have to cut a lot of the sports that they've had before. It feels to me that that's sort of where we're going. Is there any chance, I don't know, I'm just, is there any chance the big 10 is like, Hey, come in here at $10 million a year is there any chance at all, Greg? You're shaking your head. You just can't see it. Well, I mean, the whole point, the whole reason this realignment happened was because TV companies wanted to pay for the teams yes. they like and not pay for the teams they don't like. The whole reason realignment yep. happened was specifically to cut out Washington State and Oregon State and teams like them. You know, they want to pay for Oregon and Washington. They like Oregon and Washington, but they don't like having to pay for the baggage that comes with them which is Oregon State and Washington State. And the solution to that is consolidating these value products into one conference and then leaving everybody else out to dry. Uh, the next step is probably going to be screwing the old Big Ten members out of the Big Ten if they can do that in the future. Uh, but yeah, Oregon and Was Oregon State and Washington State have no path into the Big Ten because I mean, if, if, they, if the TV companies were going to stand for that, the Pac-12 wouldn't have died. Yeah. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, it feels like the purpose is to make sure that the only games that are being played are by the biggest brands. Um, and Oregon State and Washington State being in the Big Ten is directly in contradiction to that. Reed, you wanted to, you got something to say? Yeah, I think just on that point, I think there's a world, and we talked about this a little bit before, is you know could Cal and Stanford get an invite to the Big Ten? I think 
maybe just because of obviously like the prestige that those institutions carry with them there's a world where those two could get a lifeline at a significantly reduced rate i mean probably you know closer to 15 million or something um maybe they can get in but you know for oregon and oregon state and wazoo it's merged with the mountain west or pray the big 12 gives an invite but i don't really think that they will at this point yeah it's Avery, I don't know. We've been, you are in particular a big fan of Oregon State and Washington State, you know, enjoying watching them. What do you think this means for them? And like, I don't know, what are you going to miss most about those two being, I mean, elevated into the brightest lights of college football? I think tradition is what makes college football so special and unique and like the big part of why so many of us love college football. And cutting out Washington state and Oregon state cuts out a huge chunk of tradition and history that goes along with the PAC 12 and like all the programs, obviously like on this podcast, my personality is basically weird PAC 12 curses and vibes. (laughs) And so much of that comes from like the relationships that these teams have with each other, especially Oregon state and Washington state with the rest of the PAC 12. So you're losing all of that for the sake of money, like because of capitalism. And it's, it's just so frustrating. Like we've already said programs, sports programs are going to be cut. Women's sports are going to be affected because they won't be able to afford to keep it if they're forced into the mountain West conference. And maybe like the only path forward right now until we figure out like reasonably what's going on with the mountain West. And if there can be a merger is for those programs to try to get involved with state legislator, like, I think being petty might be the answer. That seems like the only thing that could like really save them at this point, because I, I know that um, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington had some comments about Washington and Washington state to get staying together after um, the LA schools left. And I, am pretty sure the same thing was kind of said in Oregon, Mm -hmm. maybe even more strongly. Mm -hmm. And so like originally I was like, okay, let's like leave it out of legislation because I think that's stupid. But at this point, like I think that's probably the most reasonable option for these schools because taking a $17 million pay cut is going to fuck the universities over. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, they're going to fade into nothing. We talked about this on Patreon last night, right? Like what are the odds that Oregon state and Washington state go the route of Cal and say, Hey, if if y'all motherfuckers are not going to take us with you and you want to just, kind of go go forward with this pay us some money uh, i'm curious to see if they can if they can make that happen um and if they if they can somehow get concessions from the university of oregon the university of washington be like look you're getting that much money from the big 10 throw us five million dollars um and they should be entitled to that i mean honestly like if if the universities are about trying to advance like public education which like <laughs> don't think that is true but you know if at least the the text uh we're ignoring the subtext for a second i can make the case that oregon and washington absolutely should pay oregon state and washington state a lot it's gonna piss off a lot of oregon and washington fans but like th- th- that should be due to them i hope i hope that uh oregon state and washington state get that money it'd be very fucking annoying it'd make the rivalries very petty but you're right grapes i think going through the slate legislature and trying to make that happen would be beneficial i think and it's beneficial for oregon and washington too it's in their best interest for oregon state and washington state to have 
engaged college fan bases. Um, it helps them. It does. I know they probably wish they were all dead, but it does. So let's let's move on here. Some interesting questions about Arizona State and Utah. There's a bit of a, a, a what happens next. We're sort of hearing some of these reports that Arizona State and Utah um, are, you know, being courted by the Big 12. They're courting the Big 12. We have a question here for our homie Fox. Andrew Fox, he says, let's say, hypothetically, Utah and Arizona State don't get the Big 12 invite. What do the remaining schools do? So I'm going to kick this over to you, Reed. Let's let's say Utah and Arizona State, and there was someone in the chat had heard some rumblings that maybe Utah and Arizona State weren't going to be brought on in full shares. That's sort of, a, I think this was a don't fuck up. 23 says it's being reported that ASU and Utah may now only be offered a partial share of the Big 12 maybe as a punishment for waiting. Uh, and the Big 12 knows they have nowhere else to go. Do ASU and Utah take it? Fox says, let's say Utah and Arizona State don't take the Big 12 invite. What do they do? What does everyone do? Reed, what do you, what, what's your immediate reaction, gut reaction to this? Um, I, I guess it's to expand to Boise State, San Diego State, SMU. I mean, right like the typical expansion candidates we knew fresno state but i i continue to wonder the pac-12 didn't have good revenue to begin with who can pay these exit fees for all of these schools to acquire other conference mates and that's what makes me think is there going to be a pack west merger type of thing because like how, like how do you pay this money i don't understand like the this whole thing is we weren't in a good financial position to begin with now you lose oregon and washington your you know first and second remaining brands that were uh, certainly buoying the number that was already not great for tv and then going forward, you you have a lower number and you have to pay all these buyouts for other conference teams that you're trying to poach. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know what's going to happen. What's the um, full big 12 share? Like what is Colorado close getting? Close to 30 million, I think. 31, something like that. I... I'm a little elitist, and that still applies when talking about Utah and the Arizona schools. I think they're way better than a partial share in the Big 12, and they absolutely should not take that. Um, but David Potts said in the chat that if the Mountain West votes to dissolve, which he thinks they can do with eight votes, I'm not going to fact check that. I don't care. But I'm just going to assume they can vote to dissolve with eight votes. Here's what you do. You make your whole theme just being weird as hell because all the boring Pac-12 teams left, right? Like UCLA and USC, boring, Blue Bloods, whatever. <laughs> UW and Washington, boring. I mean, UW and Oregon, boring. Colorado, boring. You, you really turn up the weirdness factor. Okay, you bring in Boise State. You bring in Utah State. You bring in fucking UNLV, whoever the hell. And you get on Cartoon Network <laughs> and you just go... <laughs> Just do the weirdest fucking shit you can because at this point it's like your only option is to be gimmicky as hell if you're like trying to make money. I'm curious to see if ASU and Utah, I think, Reed, you talked about a merger in the Pac West. It's like the calculation for bringing on Utah and Arizona State for the Big Ten is very different than the calculation for like a Cal Stanford and certainly very different than Oregon State, Washington State, right? ASU and Utah bring some 
pretty dedicated fan base. Utah in particular, right? The saturation in Salt Lake City around college football, around the University of Utah, is high. I think some numbers came out in, after the Pac-12 title game um, that like 70% of households were like tuned into the Pac-12 championship game in Salt Lake City, which is like an absurdly high rate of households who are watching games in a metropolitan area. Um, and I don't know, like, does that factor in? I mean, it certainly would have factored in if they took the Apple TV deal. Like, I think that's the kind of metric that an Apple TV would probably uh, find more valuable. I don't know. I mean, that feels like a different calculation of ASU and Utah are on the market. How much are they willing to take? Uh, are they willing to try to figure out something in the Pac-12? I don't know. Greg, given the Pac-12 is dead right now, where, where as a Utah fan, and, you know, thinking about Arizona State, I think Utah and Arizona State have are very similar stature in terms of their place within the college football landscape, very similar culturally in a lot of ways. Where do you think, as a Utah fan, someone who watches Utah, where would you like to see them go if it's not in this, you know, if it's not with Oregon and Washington in the Pac-12? Yeah, so uh, much like Avery, I feel very elitist when it comes to the Big 12. Uh, I feel like uh, the type of schools that I want Utah to be associated with are not the schools that are in the Big 12 right now, you know? Like, I would much rather Utah be associated with a Cal and a Stanford and a Washington uh, than I would with Baylor and TCU, you know? Like, just in terms of academic quality, it's night and day, which is why I think Arizona State and Utah have been very reluctant to leave the Pac-12. Like, they basically stayed until it became untenable, and now it seems like they're ready to go. But, like... They didn't want to jump ship like Colorado and Arizona have, I think, because they like the academic association that being in the Pac-12 comes with. Uh, Mm -hmm. So as much as I hate going to the Big 12, I think they're right to do that now. Uh, You just have to. There's no other path to relevance than going to the Big 12. In the Big 12, both Utah and ASU will have the opportunity to compete for conference titles and playoff spots. Uh, It's not ideal. It's not the Pac-12, which I think was an ideal spot for both Utah and ASU. But uh, that's just where you have to go now. I saw a West Virginia fan account, or their their old SB Nation blog tweeted something like, uh, you know, West Virginia will finally have a kindred spirit in the Big 12 because there are about to be uh, two or three new teams coming in that have no idea why they're there except that they got washed into the conference on tides of unfathomable stupidity. Like, <laughs> like that's, Pretty that's, good. that's the only reason Utah and ASU are going to go there, but they have no option, I think. I think you have to find a way to get in no matter what. If you have to take a few years at un- unequal revenue, so be it. You just you have to take that because there is no alternative. There is no alternative. Yeah. I think I think that's valid. I you know we can. Well, I think at some point we should talk separately about how would Utah fare in the Big Twelve? How would Oregon mm-hmm. and Washington fare in the Big Ten? How would Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC fare in the Big Ten? All of that stuff. Let's hold off on that for right now. I think the the question I want to get to is who killed the Pac twelve? Who's to blame? I mean, there are so many people, so many institutions, so many players, not football players, but players in this landscape to blame. Who do you blame for killing the Pac-12? Um, Reed, let's start with you. You got any? Uh, who is your leading contender for the people who did it? It's it, 
you know, it's ESPN and Fox, uh, especially Fox, I guess. But really, it, it's more than just these these media, you know, companies reaching out and poaching USC and UCLA. It's the fact that, I mean, for as long as I can remember, the Pac-12 has been treated so unfairly in terms of national discourse. And I know people from the Big 12 like to say that, you know, we're so elitist and we do these routines about academics and whatever. But I mean, truly, the Pac-12 has been made to feel less than it has been treated like a lesser product by these by ESPN, by Fox for so long. And that has artificially driven down the value of this league and the discourse that those you know networks have created around the Pac-12 is what has brought down this media evaluation and inflated artificially the Big Ten and SEC to become the leagues that get to poach these teams. Like I saw uh, Coker, who was a you know UW fan, commenting on this thread about like w- we all talk about how in the next stage of college football, what's going to matter was supposed to be media markets. The fucking Pac-12 has Seattle, Portland, Salt Lake City, L.A. Uh, Phoenix, Denver, like it was set up so well to actually be a conference that grew a lot. And, you know, I think that these media organizations like just didn't want it to succeed, didn't cover it fairly. And that's what fucked over the conference in large part. Like, yes, Larry Scott made some stupid decisions, but also we haven't like there's been bias against this conference no matter what since its inception basically yeah Uh, i'm gonna kick it over to grace but first i want to just bring up this uh, great point from patrick gigstad in the chat espn getting a hundred percent of the playoff coverage didn't help it made them push for ou texas which spooked fox into we need to go national mode so kind of an interesting thing here but grapes you have something you have some theories about who killed the pac-12 yeah, I'm going to take it even farther than Reed and go back to the source of all pain and discomfort in this country, which is Ronald Reagan. I, off, the top of my head, off the top of my head, I can't make the direct connection, but I feel like if I had 30 minutes, 30 minutes to like draw this on my fucking bulletin board with the string and whatever the fuck, we can find a way to blame Ronald Reagan and his dicky little hands in the media pot. I This motherfucker... is the reason that capitalism exists the way it does in this country and capitalism is the reason for realignment so it is ronald reagan's fault it uh yes we can trace it back to and i think you're bringing up uh uh i think uh, uh the point that like this idea of like unfettered capitalism and no regulation is what's really has caused this the ncaa where the fuck have they been like have you heard the words NC? Have you heard the letters NCAA at all over the past ten days? You have heard fucking nothing from the NCAA because they have they have zero power, and the only power they are willing to wield whatsoever is around trying to make sure kids don't get like free meals. Um, that is the only thing that the NCAA has done. That's the only regulatory body that exists here. That's the only regulatory body that is well positioned is in the know enough to be able to do something about here. You kick it over to the state legislatures. They're not going to know, um, federal, much less federal legislators. Um, 
I think it's the it's the lack of regulation. I, I think because these are universities that are quote making these decisions, and Fox and ESPN and all of these networks are in the back like pulling the strings. We don't get talked. We don't talk about this as like antitrust lawsuits and corporations doing dirty shit. It's incumbent upon us as people who cover the sport, the media members who cover the sport, to pull it out. But the vast majority of those media members are employed by those same companies. So are they going to be the ones to say, "Hey, actually, the thing that's the people who are pulling the strings are ESPN and Fox and CBS and NBC and all of the major networks." If they were front facing here, the ones who were guiding this and were very publicly doing this shit would have gone down uh in state legislatures and federal they probably wouldn't have gotten nothing done but it'd be a discourse in those (laughs) settings and it's not um it's absolutely not so um i think you're right i think capitalism is absolutely unfettered unregulated capitalism which is always what capitalism becomes uh is definitely at the heart of this um and you know the way that presents is that capitalism sees things that makes money. They're like, well, Oregon State and Oregon don't make as much, nearly as much money as Oregon, Oregon, Ohio State. Look at the numbers. Look at the amount of merch that got. So look at the amount of the number, the number of advertising dollars we got. All we have to do is just make sure that all we're getting is Oregon, Ohio states. What if we just cut out Oregon, Oregon State as a matchup entirely, and we replace it with Oregon, Ohio State all the time? Uh, and it's just like. That is the exact kind of like mining and exploitation that I'm talking about. Like these fucking, the mining and exploitation of these brands to extract as much value from them. Except now they get to do it under the cover of of universities and public institutions. Um, so that's a that's a tough one. Reed, you are about to make a great point. Do you want to talk a little bit about another sort of loss here that we're experiencing? Great grapes. Oh yeah. Um, I know we all make fun of the Pac-12 network, but like the talent at the Pac-12 network and the programming that they've done, like especially with like the little shows and the pregame stuff has just been really fantastic. Honestly, like, yes, watching shows on the Pac-12, watching games on the Pac-12 network is ass and it's always been ass, but I love the hosts of the Pac-12 network. I love the coverage that they give and Obviously, that's not like the number one thing we think of when realignment destroys our conference, but I think it's important to talk about because they're really great journalists and I'm genuinely going to miss the work they do. I think one of the, the, one of the, I think it's sort of like the sport is becoming less regional because regional doesn't make as much money as national does. And as a result, we don't get like brilliant plugged in talent talking about 12 schools in this region. Now we're just getting a bunch of national people. Um, I, I think that the work that folks like Ashley Adamson and Yogi Roth and Ted Robinson have done has been they they are the Pac-12 to me. Uh, that's what I have experienced in the Pac-12. All I have ever experienced is Ashley Adamson, Yogi Roth, Ted Robinson as the faces and voices of this conference who are presenting me with this conference, who are telling the stories of this conference, who are telling, who are having conversations about this conference, who are doing the work to elevate this conference. That fucking sucks. Um, That is not nothing. And people always want to deride the Pac-12 networks. And like, I don't think people have like gotten it through their head yet that it was never about the actual product. Like, the, the way that they covered the sport was fantastic. The way that the games were called were fantastic. The deep, intimate knowledge that they had of the conference and its schools was fantastic. Its only problem was ever distribution. 
that was only ever the problem um, was was can we actually get access to this incredible talent, this incredible production, this thoughtful um, coverage of this conference that we love? So I think that's a great point, and it's another thing that we're going to have to um, miss and not have anymore. So, other honestly, <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday, and Larry Scott. Uh, he was like a little bit ahead of his time. I think if Larry Scott would have come up with the streaming bullshit like three years later, we might be in a much better position because I just don't think the in- infrastructure for streaming existed in the way to make like actual audiences be able to get college football and college basketball when he dreamed this up. When was it like 2011 or some shit? But if he had come up with this in like 2015, right when like streaming was starting to rise, we might be in a way better situation. Yeah, um, I, I think in, a di- in keeping on with this theme of who killed the Pac-12 and who's to blame, obviously I think we're in agreement that like unfettered capitalism, media corporations are the root cause, the cancer that is ruining college football. But I think, to your point, Avery, I think some blame is laid at the feet of UCLA, USC, and then later on, Oregon and Washington. They are not the most responsible, but pretty goddamn responsible for the, for the killing of college football. And here's the thing. Uh, I, I want to bring up uh, this point that people have made. Well, Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC, they just they needed a spot at the table. Uh, there was no way that like, they were going to be able to survive. They're not, it was either this or they go extinct. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, and Bill Connolly actually had a great tweet where he was sort of talking about this like eternal doom scrolling and eternal sort of doomsday feeling led to some self-fulfilling prophecies. You want to know why uh, it became a, a choice between survival and extinction? They made it that way. UCLA and USC, if they do not move, not they are not getting left out of the conversation. The Pac-12 is not getting left out of the conversation. There is no fucking way that they are getting left out of the conversation if UCLA and USC do not leave. They are there's this whole like this narrative that media corporations and journalists are putting out there, corporate journalists are putting out there that well, you know, UCLA and USC have to leave or or fucking what? They were going to get money. Were they going to get as much as a Big Ten? Maybe not, but like it wasn't going to be as much as the disparity was not going to be as much. Um, they are the first ones to blame because they are the ones who created the environment that made it a little harder for an Oregon and Washington to thrive outside of a Big Ten or SEC. But Oregon and Washington are to blame too uh, because they had, we had, we, we crunched like just kid numbers. They would have gotten probably an unequal revenue share of $35 million a year. They also created a con- the conditions where it's going to make it hard for everyone else to survive. What are they going to get in the Big Ten? Sounds like the number is 35 to $40 million. $10 million of those are going to have to go to travel. Maybe if Washington State and Oregon State are successful in getting some concessions from them, it's another million, $2 million. At that point, you're talking about pennies if anything if 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 the pick 12 the pack 12 unequal revenue share offer would have been lower and you know of course we're talking about like the competitive advantages and all that other stuff oregon and washington are no less to blame maybe a little bit less to blame than ucla and usc for kicking this off um but like they are to blame this whole like i think it's go ahead reed you have thoughts well usc and ucla are a lot more to blame i mean that was that completely destabilized the conference and hurt the media evaluation significantly. So are Oregon and Washington not to blame? 
No, they are, but you you were like they're the same amount, which is not true. I mean, you you that set this whole thing in motion. And then I think like yeah, I think Oregon and Washington could have stayed firm this morning. I mean, we thought for about 30 minutes there that they were going to and this thing was going to be saved. Best 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what George Klyavkov ultimately brought to the table too in terms of unequal revenue sharing uh and i think he has a good bit of blame here as well because you know if he brought a number let's say i at least believe he could have taken what the big 12 got back in august of last year uh i think oregon and washington would have signed that deal at that point and i don't know that the big 10 would have been in as big of a rush to poach them uh, as you know, as they ended up being right now in the past week. So if he'd navigated this better, we probably get five more years out of the PAC 12 anyways. Um, but still, I mean, you know, it was, it was in a downward spiral as soon as UCLA and USC left, uh, because then there really wasn't any credible way to say, yeah, we're we're a power conference. We weren't anymore at that point. I don't think I mean, I don't think that's true. I would say it wasn't inevitable, but it did create conditions that made leaving much more enticing. I do agree with that. Uh, UCLA and USC, absolutely the original uh, traders and defectors and all that other stuff. I mean, you could probably say Oklahoma, Texas as well. Um, maybe even a little bit more so than Oregon, Washington. I mean, uh, UCLA, USC, because they went first. But I agree. I think uh, they UCLA and USC created those conditions. At the same time, it was not inevitable. Um, it didn't have to be inevitable. Here's the thing is that, like, fans are talking about this shit as if it's inevitable. It's only inevitable when you decide to do it. Like, you cre- like Oregon and Washington has created the conditions that have made Utah and Arizona State need to jump. Um, just like UCLA and USC created the conditions that – uh, made made it enticing for Oregon and Washington to jump. But Oregon and Washington could have buoyed this league at least for five years, and then you don't know what happens after that. But they absolutely could have buoyed this league. They absolutely could have gotten a number that was competitive with the Big Ten. And no, I don't think they were going to fade into oblivion. If Disney's going to... Like, Disney could have sold off its some of its rights to some of its ownership of ESPN to Apple TV, and they would have ended up on the same place anyway. So I, I don't know. I do think that Oregon and Washington are not just innocent inagentic people who are just kind of like, oh, well, we have to do this, right? They're just not. I also think, though, Klievkov had a huge role in presenting yes, correct. A, a version that was competitive. I agree with you that there was a version out there that they would have signed that would have been a bit better than the Big 12 and would have been similar to the amount of money that they're getting at the Big 10 right now you know, with as good or better a position once you factor in travel. Um, And I, there were times when Oregon and Washington would have taken that. And I don't know that I feel like you're operating under the assumption of like, yeah, there's a world you could work out unequal revenue shares and do this. That doesn't factor in the lack of exposure on Apple TV and all of that stuff. And so I'm left saying, like, was that deal actually on the table or is that a deal in theory that was competitive enough? Yeah, I think I'm really hopeful about the I'm hopeful that the reporting is going to come out so we get some actual details about what happened in these Pac-12 meetings because they were happening fast. Allegedly, we have another one coming up later today. Uh, I don't think anyone has to worry about that. 
Um, so I, I, you're right. George Kleokov, I, I think the other part of this is like, and, and a point I saw made on Twitter, I can't remember by whom, um, is could George Kleokov have presented this deal six months ago? Was this the same deal that he had back in March? And was he waiting and holding out for a better one? That's what I, uh, that's what I want to know. Um, is how long was he sitting on this particular deal? And would the outcome have been different if they had more time to figure stuff out? Um, if they had more time to deliberate, could you do some work to try to figure out and crunch numbers? Because it feels like Apple TV was like, hey, this deal's expiring Friday. Oh, shit. Well, we've got to figure out and crunch the numbers and figure out how we're going to get unequal revenue shares. Whereas if you present this back in March or April, you probably give yourself a little bit of time to be like, okay. Oregon and Washington, how about 35? And we give Utah and Arizona State 25, and we give everyone else 15. Okay, that doesn't work. Okay, what about 40? And we'll give Utah and Arizona State 25 still, and everyone else gets, you know, whatever. Like, you could have done any number of those things. I'm very curious to know, is was George Kleokov right? The more he waited, the better the deal was going to get. If, if the deal was better now than it was six months ago, fine. This is probably the, the only way this could have gone down. But if the deal... Uh, was the same he fucked up um and he fucked up trying to get more you know did he not leave well enough alone back in to your point if he did if that's how it happened in october when they got the t- the deal that the big 12 got was that uh was that him not leaving well enough alone i don't know i don't know it's gonna be um it's gonna be really interesting grapes uh any other people that you think need to need to be blamed for killing the conference Oh, I can I can put blame on literally anyone. Uh, I blame you for getting on No Trucks Off Twitter this morning and tweeting a whirlwind without approving it with me first. Um, I I mean I'm just genuinely really sad, and I think George Kliakov definitely deserves blame. I don't know how he could possibly think that waiting this close to the beginning of the 2023 season could have created a better deal. I'm not a businesswoman. In fact, I'm kind of stupid, and I know that. So that tells you a lot about him. I think hiring a guy from Vegas that's that's probably addicted to gambling and says, <laughs> oh, one more hand, the next hand will be better. 90% of gamblers, before, by the way, give up before they hit the jackpot. Did you know before that? Before they, they hit the jackpot. He's like, oh, I'm just going to keep digging. No. I. It's all just so upsetting because I think – we knew when he was hired when was he hired 2021 that like the biggest thing he needed to do was get a media deal for 2024 that was like the big thing he was hired for it felt like and it larry scott could not achieve that and we've had two years of oh we're just (laughs) waiting we're holding out we're gonna get a better one and it's so so upsetting so i definitely blame usc and ucla more than oregon and UW. i think it's fucking insane to say that they have equal amounts of blame i they could have stayed in the pac-12 and even if other teams from the pac-12 left like having those two historic programs especially usc like the blue blood program in the conference would have held it together regardless of what basically everyone else would have done like we could have had fucking UW and Oregon leave and Colorado leave and the four all the four corner schools leave and make up the rest of the fucking conference with Mountain West and Mac teams and it would still be fine but they left and because of that we're we're where we are today and you have that even with this coming season which you know hopefully we can transition to on the next podcast but like 
the fact of USC being good and Caleb Williams being a defending Heisman, that is like the oxygen that gives the rest of the conference relevance. It makes anything that Oregon or Washington or Oregon State does more impactful by the fact that people are driven to watch this conference because USC is good. And I don't love saying that, but that's the fact is like the Pac-12 is only was only ever at its best when the LA schools were at least presenting an intriguing product. Uh, and with them gone, I just, it can never reach that peak. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, you're right, Graves. USC could have buoyed a conference by themselves very easily. Um, the, any conversation about college football realignment centrally includes USC. And in fact, I think it harms USC in the future 10 years down the road if they're not the same program they were because Ohio State and Michigan are, are you know, sort of driving the bus in the Big Ten. So um, they're certainly to blame. But again, we have to reiterate, it was, it was the networks who did this. Um, people are going to blame all of these mistakes on it was George Kleokov's fault. It was Larry Scott's fault. And like it contributed, but at the end of the day, it was the people with the most resources, as it always is, the people with the most resources, the most money, the most influence, the most power. And that are, those are the networks. Um, Stuart Mandel put out a tweet, and we'll sort of end this here. Uh, he said, I wrote this four years ago, but before all the recent recent major moves, all roads are clearly headed this way. And then he uh, he posted a graphic, a little table of the college football Premier League uh, hypothetical 28-team league in which the top two teams in each div- division make an 18 playoff. Uh, and then he has, like, you know, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Miami, Penn State, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Notre Dame. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Texas A&M, UCLA, USC, and Washington. Um, And he says he could see it being more AFC, NFC with ESPN and Fox. Says this neutrally, by the way. Doesn't seem to think of this as a bad thing, but this is fucking horrible. Um, Frankly, uh, if this is the way we're going, I'd rather see it end here and we can ignore those schools and pay attention to everyone else. Maybe. I don't know. Um, All right. Well, that is all we have for right now. I think I'm going to try to talk to Matthew Bertson at no pit stops uh, later on this afternoon, especially if anything else happens. So we'll see who else jumps on for that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get to 100 subs before the end of the season. And if we get to 100 subs before the, before the start of the season, before the start of the season, not the end of the season, if we get to 100, we'll release our Pac-12 football preview magazine to the public. You won't have to pay for it. It'll be completely free if we get to 100 subscriptions. So if you're on right now, subscribe. Like this video. Helps us a lot, uh, I think, somehow in the algorithm. If you like this video, we'd really <laughs> appreciate first, it. What happened? The what first I, and last I... Pac-12 preview mag, which <laughs> it, that means it's vintage. Yeah, it's vintage. Oh, price just went up. Uh, no, 100 subs. To we'll, free. We'll, yeah, if you, get to, if you get to 100, uh, get us to 100 subscriptions on our YouTube. Okay, that there is Reed at Pac-10 Reed. That's Avery at Brave Grapes. <laughs> I'm Carlos at Ecrubon. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. We'll be here on Sunday at the very least to talk about actual football stuff this season. Until then, remember, there are no truck stops here. There's many truck stops here. <laughs> <laughs>